is Wednesday night. What we've been doing uh, this week is Holy Week meditations. And so since this is the week leading up to Easter, historically in the scriptures, Jesus was at a certain place every day leading up to his crucifixion and leading up to his resurrection. And so every day he was at a certain place historically. And so if you look at the scriptures, you'll see that uh, Sunday, uh, it was Palm Sunday, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then um, from there, it went to, uh, let's see, let's see here, from the triumphal entry, then we go to uh, the parable. He's taught about the parables of the fig tree, uh, the foolish virgins, wise virgins. Um, last night, we talked about slumbering and sleeping. Um, I forget what we talked about. Oh, no, no. Monday night, we talked about the cleansing of the temple. So Sunday was Palm Sunday. Monday was the cleansing of the temple. Tuesday, we talked about some of the parables that Jesus talked about his last week on earth. And we talked about the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. And then tonight, uh, historically, if you're just going through the story the week before uh, Jesus's death, uh, Jesus is actually getting close to his crucifixion. Now, tomorrow night is Monday, Thursday, which is the celebration of the Passover meal. And so uh, and then Friday is his death and Sunday is his resurrection. Now, I do want to pinpoint tonight because I think it's important for us to pinpoint is that uh, all around the world, Jews are celebrating Passover this evening till next Thursday. And so uh, the Jews are celebrating Passover. And this is ironic that the Jewish Passover and the Christian celebration of Good Friday and Easter is happening on the same week. So isn't that ironic? Isn't that interesting? So uh, that's interesting that Jesus' uh, the, the celebration of Jesus' death and uh, the celebration of his resurrection is happening on the same week that the Jewish Passover is happening. And you know, you know and I know that there's great significance to that. Uh, the Jews celebrate Passover because they celebrate the night that the death angel passed over them and they were delivered from Egypt and God delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh and brought them out of Egypt. We too celebrate that we've been delivered from sin and slavery and that uh, we've been delivered from sin and we too participate in Passover when we partake of the communion, the bread and the juice. And so uh, we want to say good evening to all of our Jewish friends as they celebrate their Passover this evening. But we are celebrating Passover as well. Uh, we're going to celebrate it, uh, uh, the Last Supper on Friday night. And we encourage you to have the bread and the juice ready as we celebrate uh, communion on Friday night. Now, tonight is Wednesday night. And so Matthew, it, we come to Matthew chapter 26. We're getting closer to the death of Jesus. And Matthew chapter 26 deals with the plot to kill Jesus. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were out to, and the chief leaders and the scribes and the elders always were out to get Jesus, always out to trap him, always out to get him. And so they were started to plot his death. And that is found in chapter 26. And then in verse number six, we find that Jesus is in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Now get this story. This is interesting. A woman came to him having an alabaster flax of, 
flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why such a waste? For this oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But Jesus was aware of it, and he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not always have. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this whole woman, oh, excuse me, this woman, whatever this, what the woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. And so this is interesting. Here, right before Jesus' death, a woman comes in to the house of Simon the leper in Bethany. Jesus is there. He's fellowshipping with them. He's eating with them. Uh, he and, and you find this occasion of Jesus eating with his friends, Jesus socializing, Jesus fellowshipping. That was very common for Jesus to do. And right before Jesus dies, during Holy Week, right before he dies, you find Jesus fellowshipping. You find Jesus enjoying friendships. And I want to tell you something, church, that it's good to have friends. It's good to enjoy friendships. That's good. It's natural. It's pleasing to God to have friends. It's pleasing to God to have friends and friendships. And Jesus has a friend here. He's at Simon the leper's house. He's reclining there. He's eating. He's fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, a woman comes in with a flask of oil, a very expensive type of oil, and she begins to break it and pour it over his head. And of course, the disciples were so upset over this because they thought that this oil could have been sold uh, and, and, and the money could have been given to the poor because the oil cost so much. And so they thought it was a waste for, for this woman to pour the oil all over Jesus's head. They were indignant about it. They were upset about it, that this oil was wasted wasted on Jesus's head, wasted on Jesus's body. Of course, Jesus is aware of this, and he says, listen, you have the poor with you always, but I'm not always with you. And Jesus said, by her pouring the oil on me, she is preparing my body for burial. And Jesus said that wherever the gospel is preached, this woman will be preached as well. And so I think that's interesting. Right during the last week of Jesus's death, Jesus makes this bold statement that this woman, what she did shall be preached. It shall be a part of the gospel. Wherever the gospel is preached, what this woman did is going to be preached. So obviously this story is important because Jesus said it would be preached. And so tonight I am reminding you about the importance of this story. And, and I think that the main idea, the main importance of the story is this. I want you to get the context. The disciples are upset. The disciples are indignant because this woman used expensive oil and she broke the bottle and poured the oil all over Jesus's head. And they were upset. They thought it was wasteful because you could have sold it and given the money to the poor. The main point of this story is this. I'm about to shout because I think it's good. Your worship is never wasteful. Whatever you do for God is never wasteful. It's never wasteful. There will be people that will accuse you that your worship is extravagant, that you give too much, that you worship too much, that you're at the church too much, you go to too many church services. But let me tell you something, my friends, it's never a waste. Whatever you do for God is never a waste. 
You see, Jesus was perplexed that the disciples thought that the oil being poured on his body was a waste because the disciples were thinking in a profit mindset. What can we do to profit the poor? And Jesus is saying, listen, her worship profits me. Worship is about me. Worship is not about the poor. Worship is not about raising money for the poor. Worship, that's, that's, that's good, but worship is about ministering to Christ. Worship is never wasteful. Anything, and I think I could say it like this, anything that you do for the kingdom of God is never a waste. Some of you have dedicated years preaching the gospel. Some of you have dedicated your resources and your money and your time and your energy. Some of you have gotten up early and you've come to the church. Some of you have stayed late at the church. Some of you have prayed more. You know, whatever you have done for the kingdom of God, it's never a waste. Nothing is ever a waste in the kingdom of God, for God sees all and he, he knows all. His, the Bible says, his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may show himself strong to those whose hearts are perfect and upright before him. Nothing is ever a waste in the kingdom of God. You can look at your worship as a waste or you can, worship, you can look at your worship as ministering to the Lord. Your worship is never a waste. And listen, if your worship is never a waste, then why don't you give it all you got? If it's not wasteful, then you should give it all you got. Give worship all you got. You see, David said, David, David, uh, King David, excuse me, King David made a statement that I think is so interesting. Uh, he was going to buy uh, material to build an altar for the Lord because there was a great plague that hit the city and 70,000 people died and and uh, and David made this this statement that kind of kind of rings in my ears. He said in Second Samuel chapter number twenty four, verse number twenty four, he says, "I will not offer my God anything that does not cost me." You see, worship is not wasteful, but worship will cost you something. This woman who had this alabaster box, she had to get it from somewhere. Either she had to empty her life savings to buy the oil, either she had to save up for the oil, but whatever and however, whatever she did to get the oil, it was very costly. So listen, my point is this, the big idea tonight is this, whatever you do for the kingdom of God is never a waste. Your worship is never a waste, but whatever you do for the kingdom of God will cost you something. It will cost you something. What about it, my friends? How much is it costing you? It will cost you something. She took something that was very costly and she poured it upon Jesus because that's what worship is, worth-ship. When you deem something worthy, then you give something of value to the thing that is worthy. Is your worship wasteful? It's never wasteful if you deem it to have value and worth. If it costs you something, it's never wasteful. If it, if it costs you something, it's never wasteful. Amen.